got some bad news for you. From up here, that looks like you're in charge of Jack. He is alone, he's tired, and he hasn't seen different squat from anybody down here. Bruce Willis, Die Hard. Got invited to the Christmas party by mistake. Who knew? Uh, July 20th, 1988. Yeah. Directed by uh, John McTiernan, who also made Predator, arguably the two greatest action movies of that so era. Before he went to prison, he, he did really well for himself. <laughs> yeah, he did. But you mentioned July. Mm. Don't you find that weird? Well, it, because it's not. It's. No, I, but, I say it is a Christmas. But movie. it wouldn't. I don't think that would happen now. But they would release. They, it. Uh, they wouldn't bother setting it at Christmas. Mm. Or if any film that's, re- that's set at Christmas, they mm. normally release at Christmas time, don't they? That's true. And I know action films aren't really set uh, released at Christmas, mm. but it just feels really weird. People went to the cin- cinema in the height of summer. To watch a very, very yeah. Christmassy movie. I know, yeah, it's just very strange. Yeah. I reckon the studio bosses just probably went, we can't release this at Christmas, guys. Mm. No one will watch it. But McTiernan made Predator the previous year. He, was, well, he was on fire. Yeah, did well. Insane. Something I didn't realise, I found out when I was researching this episode, that mm. Die Hard was made mostly with an unfinished script oh. a lot of it was kind of improvised not improvised but you know they would kind I've of make, make, make changes right. and, and um, you know, shoot scenes that hadn't been rehearsed it's quite remarkable that they produce what is basically the greatest action movie is, yeah. of all time yeah. I think of course that's part of that sound to Bruce Bruce Willis yeah. and Alan Rickman which we'll get on to but I, I think it's just it's, the action is inventive mm-hmm. it's funny who are you then? just a fly in the ointment Hans the monkey in the wrench Pain in the ass. It's moving. Tell her that um, that she is the best thing that ever happened to a bum like me. It is. It's and we'll get onto this more later, but it's claustrophobic, which yeah. I think is what's part of what's brilliant about it. I don't know what a TV dinner feels like. And it's got the great supporting cast. Yeah. Why did Al never come back, Sergeant <laughs> Al Powell? Why did he never come back in the later sequels? Yeah. You just watch your ass and you'll make it out of there. You hear me? Well, the one for me, you might go on to him properly in a minute. Mm. Is um. Devuro White, who played uh, the limo driver guy. Oh, uh, Argyle. Yeah, I mean, he's, he didn't. He wasn't really in anything else. The actor. No. And he was great, like a little mini usher. <laughs> you got any Christmas music? This is Christmas music. But something I find really interesting about Die Hard. I don't know how much of this you know. Hmm. The the origins of yeah, Die Hard. Very strange. Because it's based on a book yeah. by Roderick Thorpe called Nothing Lasts Forever. Yeah. Which was a sequel to another book called The Detective. Which they made into a film in 1968. Frank Sinatra. Starring Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Didn't he get like first dibs? This is what I love about it. Yeah, there was a yeah. clause in his contract, yeah. which in Sinatra's contract for uh, for the detective, which meant that he had the first refusal yeah. on, on the part of John McClane in Die Hard. So he, had he had to offer it to him. He had a sequel clause in like the contract. He was like 72 at this point. Yeah, wasn't 73 it? years old. Yeah. And yet he, uh, Frank Sinatra could, in an alternate universe, have accepted it. And he would have had. I, I, like, I, I, I would have seen the producer yeah. just go. Ah, maybe, maybe we'll just leave that on the back burner. I like the idea that they asked him, we go, oh, please say he says no, please. No. What if Sinatra had no. said yes? Roderick Thorpe's number one bestseller, a literary guild selection. Now, an adult powerhouse on the screen. Your Joe Leland detective, prowling a city sick with violence, full of junkies, prostitutes, and perverts. They're going to bust me. She's a whore, she's a pusher, she's an addict, and she's 19 years old. This town's crawling with kids the same age, all going the same route. Part of the great society. Uh, before that, apparently Clint Eastwood, he also wanted to make mm-hmm. Nothing Lasts Forever into a movie in the early 80s, so you could have had Eastwood as John McClane. But there's lots of different people that were there up, were. Up for the part. Yeah, there? who do you have? Well, I've got uh, Dustin Hoffman. Apparently. I didn't have that one, yeah, Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. That was Dustin Hoffman? Yeah, I can't imagine it myself, but there you go. Warren Beatty, he was one. 
Hot stuff at the time. Yeah. Uh, Burt Reynolds. Oh, Burt Reynolds. Yeah, I knew Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Richard Gere. Gear. Yeah. At that time, he hadn't done that much, had he? Really. And, and never, I can never imagine him as a mo- uh, action star. Right? He's been in thrillers, but yeah. never an action star. Harrison Ford. Yeah. Don Johnson. Don Johnson of uh, of Miami Vice yeah. fame. And uh, Stallone, of course. Stallone. Uh, oh, and Arnie. You can't forget Arnie. Arnie. Well, we'll get yeah. onto Arnie because there were a few more. There was Robert De Niro. De Niro. De Niro. Uh, uh, he he was re- considered for McLean. Nick Nolte. <laughs> Uh, sexiest man alive, I <laughs> according to People magazine. Yeah. Um, Al Pacino, uh, Al Pacino, <laughs> you big guy, motherfucker, would have been incredible. Uh, Stallone, as you said, yeah. Mel Gibson. Yeah. Apparently. well, he would have been all right at the time. Yeah. Lethal Weapon was uh, good at his peak. Yeah. Uh, Tom Berenger, yeah. Michael Madsen, mm. Charles Bronson, mm. <laughs> and Richard Dean Anderson of MacGyver. <laughs> That's all I know about MacGyver is Patty and Selma. Like, MacGyver. <laughs> MacGyver. Tonight on MacGyver. 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 That's all I know. Well, as you mentioned, Arnie was considered. Right. Because uh, Nothing Lasts Forever was originally adapted for the screen as Commando 2. Right. They, they adapted it as com- as a sequel to Commando. Would Bennett have come back? I... <laughs> I don't think that film would be worth making unless they somehow resurrected Bennett. He just pulls the pipe out. Probably quite enjoys it. Welcome back, John. So glad you could make it. We absolutely have to do a Commando episode. We will do a Commando episode in the future. But Arnie turned it down. Um, So it was rewritten as a standalone action movie. And as much as I love Die Hard, there is a little bit of me that's sad we never got to see Commando 2. True. I suppose it didn't make it anyway. Uh, As far as as action sequels that never got made, for me Mm. it's up there with a proper triple X sequel with Vin Diesel. (laughs) We're getting it. Which is now being made, which I'm incredibly excited about. But they must have thought when they hired Bruce that what, at the time, they must have been thinking, what are you thinking? Very strange. Moonlighting man. Sitcom star. Yeah. I, for me, it's, it's like now if they cast Andy Samberg from Brooklyn Nine-Nine or, or Jake Johnson from New Girl <laughs> in a high-tension action movie. Oh. It wouldn't happen. No, it no might chance. be spectacular, yeah. but it would never happen. And that's the other good thing about Bruce is that unlike any action star since, essentially, mm. he wasn't ripped. No. He was just got, he was obviously quite muscly in his own way, but he just had a relatively normal body. And, and at the time when the two action gods were Stallone and yeah. Arnie, these kind of <laughs> ridiculous steroid fueled beefcakes. Yeah. yeah. And something else I love about John McClane, his vest, you know, his yeah. iconic vest, you know, now just, you know, copied in so many action movies since. And the only reason he's wearing a vest. Yeah, it's because he's getting undressed. I didn't notice that until this year. No, honestly, I didn't really he's notice. Just, he's just getting undressed, and he's just got, got a vest yeah. on under his shirt. And when the terrorists attack, he was just ripping a shirt off. No, sexy. he's just he's just kind of um, yeah. he's caught out a little bit, which is why he's not wearing shoes. I don't know if I'm a t- classic tough guy look. What I find really interesting is that you obviously picture his vest being white, mm. but if you watch the film, the majority of it, because he, I don't know, his blood and sweat, yeah. it's sort of green, green, grey, green. If you watch it, it's not white at all. No. Very odd. So Die Hard was incredibly. Alan Rickman's first ever movie. Yeah. He'd only really done stage work. You were supposed to be the person, according to reports, that kept on asking why a lot during the filming. Does that come from your your training as as a, a theatrical actor? Well, it is, it is really the, uh, the my English theatre background and specifically the work I suppose that I've done over the last six or seven years in um, contemporary drama where you're doing a play for the first time and when you ask why you just narrow your terms of reference it's just a way of getting to the point being specific being accurate if you're specific and accurate then an energy is created 
if you're being woolly, then there's nothing, you know, the audience doesn't know where to zone in and nothing's really coming from a very strong source. You can sound like an actor, you know, you can make a line, but you can't make it ring unless it's informed by all sorts of background. Yeah, and he creates, arguably, I think, the greatest yeah. screen villain yeah. of all time. Yeah. It's a performance so good that it, it just set him up then. He was sort of sorted <laughs> yes. after that. Because yeah. Yeah, he did have a great and varied career. You know, he did everything from sort of slapstick to romantic comedies to straight dramas yeah. or whatever. But I think he's always most strongly associated with villains, villains villainous parts. As we say, you know, without Hans Gruber, there'd be no Sheriff of Nottingham and there'd certainly be no Severus Snake. No, exactly. I do remember that, was it Dead Ringer sketch, where John Coleshaw is uh, Alan Rittman going, mm. I'll get you John McClane, <laughs> I'll get you Harry Potter, I'll get you Robin Hood. New from BBC Enterprises, a DVD all Alan Rickman fans can treasure forever. Yes, Alan Rickman plays the token baddie in Hollywood films. <laughs> Who can forget Alan's carefully honed performance in Die Hard? I'll get you John McClane. His unique interpretation of the Sheriff of Nottingham in Robin Hood. I'll get you, Robin Hood. And, of course, his towering performance in Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. I'll get you, Harry Potter. Also includes Alan Rickman confronting his agent the moment it dawned on him that he was now hopelessly typecast forever. I'll get you, lousy agent. Buy Alan Rickman plays the token baddie and get Dame Judi Dench plays every woman over 40 in every British film completely free. I'm Irish Murdoch. I'll get you, Aspire. Everyone says they can do an Alan Rickman impression. I can't. But when they try, it's basically Hans Gruber that they do, isn't it? It's always, now I have a machine gun. Her, her, her. It's always that choice, Mr. Yeah. Cowboy. Uh, it's always Hans Gruber, which like, just goes to show how that was his first ever role and like, arguably his greatest. Yeah. I wanted this to be professional, efficient, adult, cooperative, not a lot to ask. Alas, your Mr. Takagi did not see it that way, so he won't be joining us for the rest of his life. So we can go anywhere you want us. You can walk out of here or be carried out. But have no illusions. We are in charge. I just wanted a mention the bloke who plays Genghis Khan in Bill and Ted. Yes, that guy's incredible. Yeah, he's in the one that gets the Twinkie out. Yeah, <laughs> he's in. He's a henchman in Die Hard. Yeah, he's uh, Genghis Khan in yeah. Bill and Ted. He's also a henchman in Lethal Weapon. That guy's like an underrated eighties icon. Al Leong. Al Leong. He's like the Danny Trejo of his day. Yeah, he was in the Scorpion King. No, <laughs> on Netflix. Apparently, he was in Twenty Four. Really? In two episodes. In 2002. Wait, was he in the original Scorpion King or was he in one of the, the latter-day sequels? The Scorpion King 2002 as Asian Training Master. No, <laughs> that's as good as it got for the Scorpion yeah. King franchise, as we uh, have since established. I had no intention of actually getting into the movie business. I was behind camera, you know, for like three years as a grip. From that, I ended up doing a couple of things in front of camera because directors asked me to do it, and I did it, and then that's how I ended up in front of camera. I was brought in most of the time by stunt coordinators, you know, it's not by uh, directors, you know, so, and I am a stunt person, I am not an actor, and I guess I want to make that clear, because a lot of people think that I'm an actor. I'm not an actor, I don't claim to be an actor, you know, I don't know what those guys do, but no, I am just a stunt guy, yeah. And also, there's Alexander Godunov, mm. probably pronounced that wrong, he was uh, Carl, mm. you know, the main... Uh, yeah, the, yeah, the sort of bl blonde Aryan villain. Yeah, I didn't know he died in 1995, though. Oh. Um, but he... 
was a renowned ballet dancer as well, which is <laughs> Incredible. really interesting. But also, he caused like an international incident <laughs> between the USSR and uh, America. What? Yeah, in on August 21st, 1979, while on tour with the Bolshoi Ballet in New York, he contacted authorities and asked for political asylum. And at the time, it was like the Cold War. And yeah. It's like, bleh, it's, like the of, it's like the plot of the living daylights. Yeah. <laughs> and after discovering his absence, the KGB responded by putting his wife, a soloist with the company, on a plane to Moscow, but the flight was stopped. The flight was stopped. Uh, after three days, with involvement by U.S. President Jimmy Carter and Soviet leader uh, Brezhnev, the U.S. State Department was satisfied that the wife had chosen to leave of her own free will and allowed her plane to depart. And it was actually dramatised in a film called Flight 222. Insane. Um, yeah, so they just divorced because she wanted to stay in Russia. Hey, yeah. bit, a bit of politics on two geeks yeah, there. Yeah. That's, that's absolutely insane. And you know what? American and Russian relations were never really repaired <laughs> until uh, Rocky IV, when, <laughs> when Stallone ended the Cold War, as we all know. And then uh, ruined again in Die Hard 5. Which we'll get on to. <laughs> Uh, what's the what's the tagline? Die five, sweet mother Russia or something. Oh God! Uh, no, yippee mother Russia. That was it. Uh, but I just want to also do my top five quotes from Die Hard One. Go on. Right, number five. I am an exceptional thief. Nice. For all your posturing, all your little speeches, you're nothing but a common thief. I am an exceptional thief, Mrs. McLean. And since I'm moving up to kidnapping, you should be more polite. Number four. Mm. I got some bad news for you, Dwayne. Just like the way he says it. Class. Who gives a shit about glass? Who the fuck is this? This is Deputy Chief of Police Dwayne T. Robinson, and I am in charge of this situation. Oh, you're in charge? Well, I got some bad news for you, Dwayne. From up here, it doesn't look like you're in charge of jack shit. You listen to me, you little asshole. I'm what? Asshole? I'm not the one who just got buttfucked on national TV, Dwayne. <laughs> Three is the one you can do better with the coast and we'll get together and all that. Oh, oh, come out to the coast, get together, have a few laughs. Very good. Come out to the coast, we'll get together, have a few laughs. Yeah. Two, shoot the glass. <laughs> yeah. Shoot the glass. And number one, send in the car. Send in the car. Send in the car. Send in the car. So that guy's great. He only has one line, he really goes for it. There's a whole web, uh, website called sendinthecar.com. Anyway, two years later. Two years later, Die Hard 2. Die harder. <laughs> That's what it's called. You're the wrong guy in the wrong place at the wrong time. Story of my life. They say lightning doesn't strike twice. Did I spent Christmas last year. They were wrong. McLean, is this what you were expecting? Nah, this is just the beginning. Bruce Willis, Die Hard 2, Die Harder. Directed um, by Rene Harlan this right. time around, also the director of Cliffhanger, starring Sylvester Stallone, John Lithgow and Craig Fairbrass. Well, interesting. <laughs> Inter- was he? Yeah. Cliffhanger? Yeah. I didn't know that. He was around before his time. But while you mentioned Cliffhanger, yeah. there were so many Die Hard clones. Oh, should we get onto that? Yeah, yeah because that Die quickly. Hard obviously spawned... You know how now Taken has spawned off all those Taken clones? Old blokes yeah, avenging their family. Yeah, we yeah. watched one last night starring Vinnie Jones, which Called- is one of the worst movies ever made. Appalling. Kill Kane. Kill Kane. It's only an hour and ten minutes. <laughs> they do the, 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 the credits twice, because they need to... Need yeah, to, the opening credits and the end credits are identical because they needed to fill four minutes of screen time. It's like a really low-rent British version, sort of pound-shop version of Taken. They want justice for your family. There's no court in this land that will give me my justice. We might do an episode of the uh, Fairbrass uh, Cinematic Universe. <laughs> we <point>. might. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so you got... Uh, the, the best for me is Speed. 
you know, speed, die hard on a bus. On a bus. Excellent. There's a bomb on a bus. Once the bus goes 50 miles an hour, the bomb is armed. If it drops below 50, it blows up. What do you do? What do you do? Uh, icebreaker. Die Hard in a Ski Resort. Never heard of it. Which is Sean Astin and Bruce Campbell. Incredible. Yeah. Apparently, there are some terrorists with plutonium on the top of the mountain, and they're threatening to blow it up. Point Blank, which is Die Hard in a Shopping Mall with Mickey Rourke. Now, one renegade cop. I suppose you know how to handle this. How much time can you give me? Is going in to try and get one man out. Under Siege. So Under Siege. Die Hard on a Boat. With a cigar. Yeah. Now. A team of terrorists have taken over. Wake up the president. But there's just one thing they didn't count on. The cook. Like some special forces guy or something. No, I'm just a cook. Top of the world, which is Die Hard in a Casino starring Dennis Hopper. Incredible. You know the problem with being on top of the world? Ray, there's only room for one. Uh, Masterminds, which is Die Hard in a school, which is apparently Patrick Stewart as a baddie versus Vincent Carthizer from Mad Men. Well, he must have been about 12. Yeah. All right. I'm going to have to ask for 650 million. Call me when you have the money. The head of security for an exclusive prep school. Good morning, children. Mastermind a foolproof plan. But there was one detail he overlooked. What are these guys doing? The resident bad boy. Something's going down. Look, man, there's all these guys here with guns. They've, they've closed off the compound. What compound? You're in a school. I'm telling you, we got a diehard situation here. He's about to teach him a lesson. I'm going back over the wall right now. He'll never forget. Command performance. <laughs> Die Hard at a concert with Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> Die Hard at a concert. They're running out of ideas. Die Hard, Die Hard at a concert. Uh, Die Hard at the ballet. If you did Die Hard at the ballet, you could bring back yeah, uh, Carl. America's biggest pop star has come for the command performance. And the president and his daughters are the guests of honor. Until a group of kidnappers. Go, go, go! Crash the party. Now, the fate of the country rests in the hands of one man, Dolph Lundgren. Command performance. I guess the show's over. Uh, sudden death, die hard in a sports stadium with Van Damme. I know, I know that one. Tonight, he's brought his children Don't leave your seats. to the most exciting game of the year. But now, the arena is under attack. What is your objective? One billion seven hundred million dollars. And he has more to lose than anyone. If you're not gonna pay, I'll get my lawyer. Yeah. Executive decision. Yes. Die hard on a plane with cigar. That's fantastic. A life or death decision. I hope there's a good movie on this flight. For 400 hostages in a plane. Keep it going! Or 40 million civilians on the ground. You can forget Washington. There's enough nerve agent here to wipe out half the eastern seaboard. And also, Passenger 57, die hard on a plane with snipes. Less fantastic. They finally captured the world's most dangerous hijacker. Now, they're bringing him back for trial on a plane. That was their first mistake. But there's just one thing he didn't count on. 56, 57. Passenger 57. Air Force One, which is sort of die-hardy. Die-hard on a plane. Get off my plane. Uh, Olympus has fallen and White House down, which is sort of bringing it back. Yeah. Cliffhanger with Stallone. And would you consider The Rock a kind of die-hardy thing? Oh, die-hardy. To a greater or lesser degree. <laughs> die-hardy in die Alcatraz. Olympus has fallen is actually a great movie. It's a much better Die Hard movie than has been made yeah, by, by so, the Die Hard yeah. franchise since <laughs> yeah. like about 1995. I wish they just 
recast that with Bruce and it would have been yeah. really good. But yeah, so Die Hard so, 2 was arguably the best uh, well, <laughs> sort of attempt to... Uh, the best attempt to recapture yeah, Die Hard. Yeah. Well, John McTiernan had to pull out um, due to commitments to uh, The Hunt for Red October, which mm. is an excellent movie if you've not seen it. Uh, in this film, John has to tackle terrorists who have taken an airport hostage while his wife's plane circles overhead. And, I mean, it's not kind of spectacularly no. good like the first one. <laughs> I think because it's missing... A, a villain yeah. of, of the calibre of Hans Gruber but it's it's a solid action movie what's his name William Sadler William Sadler great yeah, character absolutely actor. pointless butt shot at the beginning <laughs> of the film he, just, he has, it has his arse out for no reason what's the line from Loaded Weapon I'm just taking one of those unmotivated button the moving rocks <laughs> it's very much that Colt where are you going nowhere I'm just taking one of those unmotivated button the moonbeam walks Bruce was in that as John McClane very briefly. He was, his little cameo in the underrated yeah. spook movie, <laughs> yeah. National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon, Loaded Weapon 1. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, what the hell are you doing? Uh, is this uh, 1014 Pacific Coast Highway? Yeah. 1014 Pacific Coast Highway? No! This is 814 Pacific Coast Highway! 1014 is two blocks up that way! Sorry, my mistake. Yeah! No problem! No the Die Hard 2, it was okay, but it, it felt yeah. like a cash-in, really, didn't it? Mm. It felt like they were trying to recapture the mm. first one. I'm glad that they brought characters back and everything, but... Based on another novel, yes, yeah, 58 Minutes, oh. by Walter Wager. Nothing to do with that other novel, just a, another, another novel again. Um, but yeah, who knew the Die Hard series had such, such highbrow literary roots? <laughs> Did you know that... I didn't know this, looking at it. John mm. Leguizamo was in it. Yeah, apparently, um, <laughs> you won't like this, mate. Apparently, oh, he, was, yeah, he yeah. was meant to have a much bigger role, but his role was cut when the producers realised how short he was. Yeah. <laughs> was he a famous person then? I think he was sort of on the rise at that point, but he wasn't a big, big star. And then Super Mario Brothers. Uh, that, that, yeah. that elevated him to, yeah. to a big time. Christ. What happened uh, to Shit Al as well? Shit Al? The black guy who was following around with the, the uh, blonde hair who was just rubbish in Die Hard 2. So you've forgotten he was even in it. I haven't... Oh. He worked at the airport. He was just like security guy and he was just sort of helped him out. And he's like, right. why can't you just get Al back? Al's in it? Yeah, like got a brief little cameo. Twinkie whilst uh, <laughs> sending him a fax. That's all he does. Pointless. <laughs> Bring back Al. You know that um, Die Hard 2, Die Harder, has the highest body count of any Die Hard movie. <laughs> so well, 20... he blows up a plane at one point. Well, there are 20 people die in Die Hard. 37 in Die Hard 2, uh, 26 in Die Hard with a Vengeance. According to a 2014 poll on yeah. Entertainment Tonight, Bruce is the 14th deadliest screen actor. Only 14th? Only 14th. Will Smith, weirdly, 13th. How's Will by, shot more people? By, unless they count aliens. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Bruce has killed 157 people <laughs> on screen, uh, according to this list. Hang on, I'll just get this up. Arnie must be number one. You are quite right. Arnie is... By, by yeah, quite some margin, uh, the the most deadly uh, screen actor, having killed three hundred and sixty nine people, uh, second three hundred of which had a corny catchphrase. <laughs> uh, second, Chow Young Fat. Chow Young Fat, uh, star of Hard Boiled and, and so on. God of Gamblers <laughs> and the God of Gamblers series. That, that was him, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. all those all those spin offs. That's how he's <laughs> done it so many. Two hundred ninety five. Bloody hell. Uh, Stallone yeah. is third at two hundred sixty seven. Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren is two hundred thirty nine. And I apologise, I've not heard of this actor. Um, Thomas Siburo Wakayama is fifth with 226. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah, Clint Eastwood, Nicolas Cage, Jet Li, Clive Owen. Clive Owen? Clive Owen's killed almost 200 people. Shoot him up. You ever seen Shoot him up? Oh, well, yeah. yeah. They shouldn't count if it was just one film. Wesley Snipes, Jason Statham, Christian Bale, and Will Smith are all above Will Bruce. Smith. 
And actually, talking of Arnie, it's quite because we were talking about Commando earlier, and there is a reference in Die Hard Two to the Latin American country, fictional Latin American country of Valverde, which is the same fictional Latin American country that Arnie storms and wipes out their entire military in Commando. Oh. So it's the, the <laughs> 80s action movie cinematic universe. I don't think they exist. Even same then. Way. Yeah, same universe. Commando and Die Hard. Right. Wrong. Right, so next up, a few years on. Die Hard with a Vengeance, a.k.a. the one with Samuel L. Jackson in it. In the hands of a mastermind of terror... I want to play a game with Lieutenant McLean. What kind of game? Simon Says. The path to revenge leads straight to John McLean. If we don't do what this guy says, he's going to blow up another public place. Why me? What has he got to do with me? I have no idea. He just said it had to be you. It's nice to be needed. Simon says, get to the payphone in Wall Street Station by 10.20 or the number three train and its passengers vaporize. I'm not jumping through hoops for some psycho. That's a white man with white problems. You deal with it. What the hell are you doing, McLean? I know what I'm doing. Not even God knows what you're doing. This guy wants to pound on you till you crumble. Are you aiming for these people? No. Well, maybe that mime. He wants you to dance to his tune and then kill you. They're setting off bombs. And for some reason, he's very angry with me. <laughs> this, as they say, is where the plot thickens. Bruce Willis, Jeremy Irons, Samuel L. Jackson. Congratulations! You're still alive. Yippee-ki-yay, mother... In a John McTiernan film, Die Hard with a Vengeance. John McLean, NYPD. Are you all right? Yes. Now this is the weird one, right? Because I was actually quite late in the day with watching Die Hard. I think mm. I only this is the first one I watched. Oh, okay. And I think it was because it was on TV, and I must have mm. been about 13, 14, so mm. it's quite late. And then I rented from Blockbuster, mm. back when you could, Classic. Uh, the first two, and was just hooked on the series. But yeah, completely different, this sort of film. Very different. Well, two. Again, there's a, there's a reason for that. Directed by uh, John McTiernan. Oh, so he's, he's back. He's back. Yeah. Which I think, you know, this film is generally considered the best by the original yeah it? it's like second best yeah one. it was the biggest movie at the worldwide box office in 1995 uh, in this film John McClane and Harlem store owner Zeus Samuel Jackson are targeted by a German terrorist who's revealed to be Hans Gruber's brother Simon yeah. uh, in New York City where he plans to rob the Federal Reserve building it had a kind of a harder well, didn't mean didn't mean that <laughs> a die harder edge it did have a die harder edge mm. um, I, what I like is that Jamie Irons is almost as good well, yeah, I love, I love the kind of it is the geekiness of casting Jeremy yeah. Irons because it's that kind of who would you cast as Alan Rickman's brother? Who is the other kind of iconic British sort of slightly sinister actor? Jeremy Irons, brilliant casting, although uh, not not the first choice oh. for Simon Gruber. Uh, another... First choice was Sean Connery, apparently. Wow, that'd Ger- be interesting. German with a Scottish accent, yeah. and actually seriously considered for the role was Simon Shash. Simon Shash. Mr. McLean. Um, <laughs> seriously considered for the part was uh, was David Thewlis, uh, Professor Lupin from Harry Potter. Um, Interesting. He was uh, yeah very very heavily courted for the part, and uh, but I I just love the idea of of an evil Gruber family, yeah. all populated by like great British actors. Christopher Lee is their dad, and and, and Peter hey, Cushing's their sinister uncle. One of them must have had a son. You would think. Wow. We might get onto that. We might get onto that. My favorite line for Dialogue Three is actually mm. spoken by. Well, my f- favourite line in Die 3 is, Hey, you fuckhead. <laughs> hey, fuckhead. Yeah, you, fuckhead. There's one thing I gotta know. 
Got any aspirins? I've had a bad fucking headache all day long. <laughs> Must be a lucky day. Keeps the bottle. But my second favourite is uh, when he when Samuel Jackson's trying to shoot Jeremy Irons at mm. the end, and he goes, "He's eating an apple." He's yeah. like the coolest <laughs> villain ever at this point. He goes, "I've got to take a sip to catch off," and then just shoots it. <laughs> it's really good. You call in that code right now, or I blow your sick ass into the next world. That's what you've got to do. Well, Samuel Jackson again, not the first choice. Really? Oh yeah, no, I did see this. Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, yeah. And he apparently um, changed his mind, but by then it was too late. They'd already cast Samuel L. Jackson. And also that girl who plays his girl, uh, Jeremy Irons' girlfriend, mm. is played by Sam Phillips, mm. who's like a singer-songwriter, pop star. Yeah. Doesn't have a single line. No lines. And she also does the uh, soundtrack for Gilmore Girls. Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> It's all of your favourites, yeah. all, all tied together. <laughs> Neat little bow. Couldn't get away with that these days. No. A woman who doesn't speak. No. God. Better chance. I don't think Die Hard with a Vengeance passes the Beckdale test. <laughs> but, um, I don't think it's trying. <laughs> I don't think it's trying. But um, this film started life not as a novel, but as a standalone non-Die Hard movie called Shine and Shirt. <laughs> um, after the villain's catchphrase. Um, and before it became Die Hard 3, it was almost adapted. They almost changed it into Lethal Weapon 4. Before they made it completely differently for Weapon 4 right. uh, th- uh, three years later. And, <laughs> another bit of Die, die Hard uh, 3 trivia, is that a- another script they wrote but then was rejected for Die Hard 3, that was nothing to do with Die Hard with a Vengeance, right. that ended up becoming Speed 2 Cruise oh, Control. No. <laughs> Enough said. But it's funny how you know yeah. it's all tied together because, as you say, Speed was very much Die Hard on a bus. But you could just tweak it a little bit, add different characters, and you've got yourself a... Film or well, speed uh, film. apparently the uh, the writer of Simon Says you know, slash Die Hard with a Vengeance, he did very little to uh, change his original script apart from change the character names. So that's why it maybe doesn't feel right. quite of akin with the first two Die Hard movies. So um, the era of classic Die right. Hard, fair to say, is now over. This is where me and you fall out. Yeah. Well, I sort of you need to give it another go. I've reappraised. We'll get onto this. Yeah. So after twelve years, uh, twelve, which is not a good sign, no, because lo- when are long delayed sequels well, ever that, good? This is the thing. This is the uh, thing. After twelve years came two thousand and seven's Live Free or Die Hard or Die Hard four point as it was known outside North America because it's about hacking and computers four point um, This one was directed by uh, Len Wiseman. This right. going like worse and worse. Yeah. Directed, um, sorry, best known for his work on the Underworld series Great. and the Total Recall remake Ugh. starring Colin Farrell. That no one likes. Totally unnecessary, more yeah. like. Um, <laughs> and in this film, uh, John McClane and a young hacker played by Justin Long join forces to take down master cyber terrorist Thomas Gabriel played by Timothy Oliphant in <laughs> Washington, D.C. Yeah. FAA just issued a critical alert. The entire network went down. Transportation systems crashing and they just hit the entire financial sector. You have no idea who you're dealing with. I'll take it from here. You just killed a helicopter with a car. How's that bullets? What are you gonna do? I'm gonna go kill this guy and get my daughter. I'll go get my daughter and kill this guy. Or kill all of them. 
Um, again, this was written as a totally original movie and then adapted to become the fourth Die Hard movie. Right. Now, yeah, I when this came out, mm. I was so overjoyed because I loved it. I must admit, it, 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 it was. This is the difference between four and five. Mm. We'll get into five properly in a minute, mm. but it is ludicrous. This film, mm. it's silly mm. for reasons I'm sure you'll explain in a minute. Mm. But it's at least fun and not boring. Yeah, you know, this is this is not a terrible action movie. No, it's not. But it's not a diehard. It's a bad diehard yeah, movie, yeah. and because I've got several reasons. So it's not set over one day, no. like the first three. So what's great about the, particularly the first one is that kind of tension and the contained peril. Yeah. John's trapped in Nakatomi Plaza. This has none of that. It's yeah. it's sprawling. It's set, even the third one. It's set all over America. They're sprawled around New York. At least they're sort of they're they're running their tasks for Simon. There's, so a, there's a race against time. Yeah, exactly. So it still has that kind of notion of being trapped. Yeah. There's none of that in Die Hard it's, He's just against a baddie. Yeah. And I know his daughter gets kidnapped. It's a lot more generic. But, but one yeah. of my biggest problems with this film, though, is the the PG-13 yeah. rating yeah. Uh, on the original release. It just completely cuts its balls off. You know, John McClane doesn't even say yippee ki motherfucker without it being uh, yeah. without it being muffled by a gunshot. It's just really silly, it's Die Hard for, for kids. And that's not my diehard it's obviously just like Hollywood moguls desperate to make as much money as they can so they want to market it to as broad an audience as they can and then the film ends up suffering for it so uh, interesting trivia about this movie uh, Justin's Long just Justin's Long <laughs> Justin Long's character was originally supposed to be John McClane's son right. uh, Jack so echoes of the, the next movie yeah. but that was rewritten so that he was a complete new character and so they brought in John's adult daughter right. uh, instead now, um, and, she and was good. She was fine. Mary yeah. Elizabeth Winstead puts in a very good performance. Um, but um, apparently, John McClane rescuing a kidnapped Lucy, that was also a plot point in an early draft of Die Hard with a Vengeance right. that was then later scrapped. But uh, Justin Long is one of the main reasons this film kind of falls down. Doesn't work. Do you know Do you know some of the actors who were considered um, uh, ahead of Long? Go on then. Uh, it's, it's not... Charlotte Berth? No. Scott Speedman. Right. Uh, Justin Timberlake. Right. Cal Penn. Mm. And Bruce Willis's top choice for the role, Ben Affleck, because he wanted to recreate that sweet, sweet Armageddon <laughs> chemistry. Well, that would have been better, obviously. Ben Affleck, he's far too old. He, he is. He would have been like thirty-two by then. Yeah. He must be playing a young, you know, yeah. young little impetuous hacker. But at least it wasn't. I mean, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got eighty-two percent. Right. I'm glad you brought up Rotten Tomatoes because we will get onto that in a moment right. when we list our uh, okay. our diehard rankings because it's utter nonsense. But it's what I'm saying is much higher than Die Hard Five. Like well, much we'll, higher. We'll get onto this. So, <laughs> uh, the actors who were considered ahead of Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who is perfectly serviceable mm. in the movie, um, Jessica Simpson, yeah. and Britney Spears. Okay, well they made the right choice. So, count your lucky stars. Yeah. Die Hard 4.0, what, live for a Die Hard, whatever you want to call it. It's not great. The thing you hate most, though, you haven't mentioned. Could have been a lot worse. What's that? Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith is dreadful in that movie. <laughs> I don't hate Kevin Smith. No, but in this film, he was just pointless. He's atrocious in the yeah. movie. He's a, he's a and and apparently he's like a bad bad man's a poor man's Jack Black in this film, <laughs> which is, which yeah. is saying something. Kevin Smith and uh, and Bruce Willis do not do not get on anymore no. after they work together on the movie Cop uh, Out. Cop Out. Yeah, <laughs> originally called A Couple of Dicks. Yeah, because they're both detectives. Much funnier title. Um, yeah, it, it was tough. It was difficult, dude. I've never been involved in a situation like that where, um. Oh, one component does not 
come. <laughs> he's not. He's not in it. He's not, not in the box it. at all. Yeah, it's not. He's just doing a job so he can get by. I, I've heard of. Yeah, it was. It was fucking soul. Well, crushing. I'm sorry about that. Really, so, but um, again, that's not a lot of people are like, oh, just trying to blame the movie on him. No, but look, I had no fucking help from this dude whatsoever. But the, the, the sad part, the sad part of that story on a personal level is, as a kid who grew up in New Jersey, who loved fucking Bruce Willis, and you get this big opportunity, and you get disappointed by your fucking hero. I mean, that is really the worst moment, and it's something that you're probably going to have to do again, uh, given the business that you're no, in. Is that, no, 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 he no. changed everything for me, though. No, I just mean meeting people that but, you know. But that's the thing. I'm saying he changed that for me because now I'll never meet anybody. Like that was it. I was just like shattered. No point. It. Yeah, yeah, forget it. Like I'd rather like people from a distance. So we're here now. Can't put uh, off any longer. 2013, a good day to die hard. Directed yeah. by John Moore of Max Payne and Behind Enemy Lines. Brilliant. Uh, he he booked the job over Justin Lin. Oh, who, he's really good. Justin who famously, uh, yeah, revitalized the Fast and Furious yeah. franchise. American. Yeah. New York. Are you a cop? Yeah. As you know, I was a cop. You don't look like a lawyer. Jack! Dad? This is what you've been doing? 007 of Plainfield, New Jersey. Relax, you're safe now. Terrorism. Weapons grade uranium. Nukes. Someone's gotta stop him. It's just a pirate gun. It's old school. Yeah. Like you, right? Right. You go looking for trouble, or does it always find you? I still ask myself the same question. This is the first time a script was written specifically as a Die Hard movie. Not that it helps. No, not at all. Um, and in which John McClane travels to Russia. To... Instantly annoyed. <laughs> Instantly stupid. Instantly stupid. You know what we were saying about keeping it contained? Yeah. And, yeah. John McClane travels to Russia to help out his seemingly wayward son, Jack only to discover that Jack is a CIA operative working undercover, causing the father and son to team up against underworld forces. It's like you had... You're going to make a Die Hard film, right? Yeah, so, and this time they knew they were making yeah, a Die so Hard Yeah, so think movie. how many writers out there mm. who love Die Hard mm. would come up with an incredible script mm. for an idea for Die Hard. Mm. This looks like the 408th best idea. Mm. It's like, really? This was the best idea? The best like story for Die Hard 5? Yeah. Baffling. Surely this wasn't the best idea. Mm. Get J.J. Abrams to savour it. That's the only, <laughs> the only solution. Crucial to this movie is... is casting Jack. Is, is, is casting Jack. <sighs> John McClane's son. The son of, of the, the virile, amazing yeah. action hero John McClane. Actors considered for the role. Uh, Aaron Paul. Great. Liam Hemsworth. Fine. Uh, James Badgedale, Chase from season three of Twenty Four, better than what we had. Ben Foster, yeah. Uh, Velo Ventimiglia from Heroes. Yeah. Uh, Paul Dano, uh, mm. and <laughs> and the late great Paul Walker. Great. Instead, we got Jai Courtney. Uh. I'm sure Jai Courtney is a perfectly nice man. Yeah. But he has all the charisma on screen of a potato. If at best. <laughs> and, and he just something about his face, the way he says things. His personality is like I don't something know just, about his face. Just everything about him, he'd be fine if he was just a minor character and things. Mm. But he keeps getting these incredible roles. Kyle Reese in Terminator Genesis, and it's just one of the Suicide Squad alongside like Will Smith. And and Jack in particular is just a bit of a, a moany git in this mm. film. He's just like a snivelling little. Like oh, just stop it, mm. stop it. Or well, talking about moany gits. 
Jai Courtney, yeah. charismaless as he is, is not the biggest problem no. with this movie. The biggest problem with this movie is that Bruce Willis does not care. No. Right, this is weird, because right, Bruce Willis, right, mm. used to be, not mm. my favourite actor, but my favourite mm. like movie star. Mm. I loved him. Mm. In much the same way as The Rock is not no. the greatest actor in the world, but he's clearly just a like explosion but, of charisma. Bruce, used, whenever he used to be, he used to do so many appearances, and mm. whenever he'd be on like chat shows and things, he was always like, quite funny, and he mm. seemed quite cool. He just seemed like the coolest man alive. And then this film coincided with a weird time where he just seemed to stop caring. Not only about acting, but just about everything in general. (laughs) Something's happened to him, which has meant him go, I just can't be bothered anymore, just turn off, see what happens. Bruce Willis, welcome back. Good to see you. (laughs) Did I do something 21 years ago? Yeah. Did I? What did I do? That's the last time we did an interview. Yes, so. You want to share? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh... We were both 20 years younger. <laughs> yeah. I, my hair's a mess today. No, but, your hair looks uh, good. Yeah. I took a leap, and uh, I'm doing this play uh, uh, here in town, and uh, I thought it was a good idea to let my hair grow out, because I know you keep your hair trimmed, right? For the last 10 years, I kept my hair trimmed, but... I think I made a mistake. No, not really. I but like it. I think it works. <laughs> Maybe he was always a dick, but he can't even fake it anymore because he's just phoning it in where it translates to the screen in a bad way. So where yeah. John, John McClane was once this sort of charismatic yeah. underdog, he's now, in this film, basically an ignorant bully who racially abuses taxi <laughs> drivers. Small blessings, this is the shortest Die Hard movie at 97 uh, minutes. That's one of the few good things you can say about Die Hard. To be honest, because Die Hard, is one, even with this film, is one mm. of my favourite franchises. Mm. And so you'd think when a new Die Hard film came out, I'd mm. be like, Oh my god, this yeah. is gonna be incredible! Yeah. But because of the reception it got when it was released mm. and the trailers and everything about it, it just and, didn't excite me. And Bruce's promotional campaign, yeah. where he would just turn up mm. in a pink dressing gown, sneering at breakfast television hosts, just pissing everyone off. Yeah. But because it had such a lackluster response, I just I knew it was gonna be bad. But I still had. I remember I didn't even wait. For, I didn't even watch it at the cinema. No, I watched it on a plane. I I I think I waited until it was out and then I I watched it at home, and it was so boring. I was just sort of just on my phone mm. playing a game or something. Die Hard 5 mm. and I was not even paying attention why don't we care bored shit Bruce shit story <laughs> shit setting too silly Joy Courtney shit villain couldn't tell you anything about it I don't even know who the villain is and maybe I should give it another go because mm. it's silly me talking about it mm. but I just know it's shit you mm. know it is but when did when did Bruce Willis stop caring because now he is he's become the Hollywood equivalent of that scary old guy who warns yeah. kids off his lawn it's like don't go near old man Willis's house. He's like, hey, get, get away, kids. He's just, he's just that guy. The last good thing he did was Looper. Ever Looper. since then. So no. I kind of pinpointed that. So Looper was the last time he seemed to be making an effort. Yeah. That was 2012. Mm-hmm. The next year, 2013, is A Good Day to Die Hard and G.I. Joe, Joe Retaliation. Yeah. Yeah. One of the best trailers for a film ever, for a shit film. Yeah. But, but that is one of his performance in that is one of the laziest performances yeah. I've seen, not just Bruce give, I've seen anyone give. Because that trailer was, what was it? It was. Uh... There is one man. It's The Rock saying, yeah. like, there's, there's only one man we can turn to in this situation. And it's Bruce firing a yeah. machine gun. It's incredible. I'm so excited. We have to assume that there's no one we can trust. There is one man. You alright? Yeah. You alright? My cholesterol's a little high. There's only two good things about Die Hard 5, mm. which you may already have on your list. Mm. Um... Mary Elizabeth Winstead was back briefly, yeah, yeah. so I like, I like the continuation. The, the continuity. She was the first person to return yeah. to a Dara movie since Die Hard 2. And the other one, Aldous Hodge. Yes! Yeah, who was Zeus's nephew in Die Hard 3, mm. the actor just playing a CIA agent mm. um, in this film. Could, be, could it be the same character? Maybe it is. Maybe. Yeah. So, that is the Die Hard movies 
up to this point. But do you know what film we could have got instead of Die Hard 5? Mm. Die Hard 24. <laughs> yeah, that was... It that was an actual thing. They're not taking act- a piss. Yeah, this isn't just some, like, no. fan's wet dream. It was genuinely thought about for a while, because 24 is kind of like the Die Hard equivalent in terms of it being a hard guy in the space of a day trying to get stuff done. protect his kidnapped family. Exactly. And, yeah. and so they were going to do a team-up film called Die Hard 24, which was Jack and John teaming up. Which Jack, now, Jack Bauer teaming up with John McClane. It's because it sounds... I, with all the other weird stuff that happens, like Batman versus Superman, yeah. I would have died happy if this yeah. had happened. Because that was before the Marvel Cinematic Universe yeah. and all these things. Where, I think that would happen now. Yeah, where, where just, you know, yeah. as I say, geek sweat dreams are just writ large on the, on the silver screen. Yeah, but instead, we are getting a new film. We are. Uh, <laughs> despite Bruce not giving a damn... Uh, they are making another one, Die Hard Year One, which is a sequel prequel. Um, John McClane's origin is going to delve into his origins. Which is just ludicrous when you think about it. Well, I thought that Die Hard was John McClane's origins. Yeah. The whole point was yeah. that he never had an experience exactly. like that ever before. Exactly. But, uh, but anyway, they're going to make it. And, uh, <laughs> well, we're going to find out about his married life and how he met Holly. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> no one cares. We don't care. Yeah. It, it follows John in, in New York in the late 70s, but then also in the present day with Bruce. That's going to be two. So the story that happens in the present day sort of is to do with what we're Two interconnected about stories. Right. So exactly. It could be good. It could be really good. It could good. be good, except directing is Len Wiseman, back on board oh, no. from, from, from Die Hard 4. Well, at least he's not Die Hard 5 guy. Mm. Well, in, interestingly, uh, interestingly, I say, there was a Die Hard comic uh, published from 2009-2010, right. also called Die Hard Year One, uh, along similar lines, but I don't think this is actually okay. currently based on that. So who would you cast as young John McClane? Who could play John McClane? Yeah. Well, the top, I, I sort of Googled this, and every, the top of everyone's list, obviously, is Joseph Gordon-Levitt, because of Lupin. Nah, he's not... Beefy enough. Also, given by the timeline, John McClane would have to be in his 20s, and Jessica would never about 10 years too old. As long as they don't do a stupid thing of getting Jai Courtney to do it, mm. I'd be so upset if that happened. I'd be so <laughs> fucking livid if they did that. Just because someone's employing Joy Courtney. Well, you know, that yeah. again, but it's just lazy. Yeah. Well, here, uh, a testament to, to modern day Bruce is uh, an interview he did with uh, People.com uh, recently in which he infuses about Die Hard Year One. Oh God. The new Die Hard. We're hearing it could be a prequel. You might be involved. What can you tell us? Very good idea. Really tricky idea. And I'm very happy about it. Very happy about it. But you might be involved in flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm probably going to produce it and see see how it goes. And uh, it's really cool. It's a really cool idea because it's the the what's it called the the origin story that's going to happen in the beginning of this and then we're going to bounce back and forth so who could you see playing the young john mcclain uh we'll see i don't know we're not there yet but we'll see but hopefully we've got a hard head <laughs> you could barely oh, even so sad you could barely even hear bruce willis speak in that clip because he couldn't even muster the energy or the enthusiasm to talk it's really sad here we go then. So let's rank okay. our favourite Die Hard movies. All right. Right. You know you talked about Rotten Tomatoes earlier. Yeah. Live Free or Die Hard, Die Hard 4.0, has 82% on Rotten yeah. Tomatoes. A Good Day to Die Hard has only 14%. Mm-hmm. You might think, oh, okay. But then Die Hard 2 yeah. only has 69% and 3 only has 51%, which means that Die Hard 4 is like substantially better is than either what, 2 or 3. Is Rotten Tomatoes reviews at the time? I, no, I think it's, so like, all, it's taking... like all reviews. But... Are those user reviews? Are those? Oh, I thought it was like critics' reviews because if it is, then they might be taking how they responded to Die Three at the time, and in time it's got better received. You know what I mean? Which either way is bottomless. Either way it's wrong. Me. Yeah. So in fifth place, Die Five. Obviously. Right. Yeah. Fourth place, two. Two. 
Yeah. Two? Yeah. Second, uh, third place, four. Second place, three. First place. You honestly think that Die Hard 4.0 yeah. is better than Die yeah, Hard 2? Yeah, because Die Hard 2, bear in mind, even yeah. though it's in fourth place, yeah. it's still a great film. It's only five, which is down below. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but... Like, it's only like... I'd, they're all brilliant. Four Because four is enjoyable. Second, Two the second, is? No, the, the second one, it, it feels like they kind of... They're trying too hard to re recreate the first one, and there's too many like. But they don't make a bad stab at it. No, well, this is the reason we're doing the list, mate. <sighs> so my list. Yours must be exactly the same, except for two and four. Die Hard. Yeah. Is number is my number one. Yeah. Number two is Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yeah. Number three is Die Hard Two. Yeah. You can't say four is worse than five. I know you don't think it's a good Die Hard film, but it's still a better film than five either way round. Those, those bombs two are interchangeable. The you thing, can't say that five is better than four. The thing no is, one can say that. The thing is, I watched five on a plane, Die Hard on a plane, and I didn't enjoy it, but equally it didn't offend me in much in, in, the, in the way that when I watched four, it actually like made me flinch. But you said you enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I think you've been like, uh, you've had some sort of bad experience in a dream or something. You're mis I think you need to watch it again. Because no, I, I don't I, think I do. <laughs> No, but, no way! Five is better than four. No way! No way! Four is better I'd than be, two. I'd be willing to change that round. Well, I'd be willing to change mine round. As I said, it's, it's very interchangeable. All right, can we do but, that? If I agree to put two above four, so, you agree to put four above five. So the official two geeks. So then ranking, we agree. So the fine. So the official two, <laughs> the official two geeks, two beers, and a laptop diehard Good. ranking yeah. goes five at the bottom. Yeah, four. Then four. Two, then two. Then three. three then one. one. Good. Have fine. that. Happy with that. Bargain. Good job. Let's drink to that. <laughs> That is the Die Hard franchise put to bed. But before we go, I just want you to indulge me a little bit. Yeah. Because I have an idea for what they should do with the Die Hard franchise. Which is better than what they're obviously doing. <laughs> which is, be which yeah. is obviously better than, yeah. than what, what they're doing. So this is an idea for the final Die Hard movie. Okay. It wraps up the franchise. So. Die Hardest? <laughs> get onto that. It's called Dead Hard. Which, <laughs> I know what you're thinking, British slang, but Die Hard... Yeah. Is apparently originally a British idiom, Maybe. so so it all it all ties up. So set the scene. It's Christmas Eve. <laughs> oh, the weather outside is frightful. John McLean is sixty, as Bruce is now. Uh, he's retiring from the NYPD. Too old for this shit. Oh, that's another one. <laughs> he's retiring from the NYPD. Uh, you know the young officers there. They they think the old stories of John are just just a myth, exaggerated, all <laughs> talk. It's true, all of it. Exactly. <laughs> Nakatomi. Uh, <laughs> Nakatomi. Gruber. Gruber. All of it. So Argyle. <laughs> Ellis. John John feels like a relic as he arrives at the new NYPD HQ. It's a lavish, expensive, high-tech tower building. Yeah. He turns up to, to hand over his papers, his badge, and his gun. Then, terrorists, of course, storm the building, <laughs> led by Hans Gruber's son, played by Benedict Cumberbatch, or Tom Hiddleston, or someone. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hardy, to be honest. Poor Tom Hardy. And he's out for revenge on McLean. Trapped. John has one last chance to save his follow fellow officers and to prove that he's still got what it takes. Dead hard. So he, Al's there. Al, Al would be there because... It's he, a retirement party. He turned up for Bruce's retirement yeah, party. Yeah. Of course. Okay, so he's around. Yeah. Uh, Samuel Jackson can get him back. Sure, why not? Yeah. yeah. Uh, not Justin Long. Or I reckon... Jack it, I, you, <laughs> you get back uh, maybe Argyle even. Yeah. He, he just turns up at the party. Holly, definitely. And at the end, at the end, it's called Dead Hard. The final movie, everyone, everyone expects Bruce will die. But he gets shot, and was like, "Oh no!" And then, he, but then 
no, he's alive. And Holly is so overwhelmed that she forgives him and they get back together and it's a yeah. nice happy ending. Dead yeah. hard. I'll be willing to even include Jai Courtney in a brief scene at the end just, just to at least bring the films together. together. But he's not allowed to speak. He's not allowed to speak. <laughs> Every time there should be a running gang that any time he tries to speak <laughs> someone interrupts him. Yeah, shut up, Jai. Yeah, 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 Jai. Very good. Yeah. Maybe we should just write it. I, I'm, I'm tempted to write it and just sort of pitch it. Yeah. yeah. Someone will just nick this idea. If anyone's, if anyone's listening to this, yeah. I'd be happy. Yeah, fine, nick it. Yeah. Write it. Just, just so, so that Die Hard can go out on a, on a positive note. Yeah. Please. Big finish. Do an audio <laughs> drama. <laughs> oh, God. We've just heard Bruce on audio. It doesn't translate. It doesn't translate. Well, that is it for another episode of Two Geeks, Two Beers and a Laptop. Thanks as ever for joining us. Yeah, uh, please head over to the website if you haven't already to download or stream or whatever you want to do, subscribe. It is twogeekstwobeers.wordpress.com. It's all on iTunes and all that. And we're at Two Geeks Cast on Twitter and Facebook. So uh, what are we doing next time, Morgan? Next time uh, on Two Geeks, we will be uh, looking at sliders. Yes, the gateway. <laughs> I found the gateway. That'll make more sense next time. Sliders, the... Uh, Jerry O'Connell. Yeah, classic. Might be uh, yeah. overstating things a little, but the, the much-loved uh, 90s science fiction series about trans-dimensional travellers. You've mentioned it so many times in the show oh. before, it makes sense to actually properly give it some justice. Allocate it some time. Yeah. Lovely. So, to play us out this week is the song, Die Hard, a musical tribute to the first three films oh, in the franchise the by the band Guy's Night. Yeah. This is a musical masterpiece. <laughs> so, enjoy, and we'll see you next time. yippee ki Remember when we first met John McClane? Argyle picked him up from the plane And took him down the Nakatomi Tower To meet with Holly He came to get her back and to be her man But Hans and his buddies fucked up the plan And that's about when everything went sour At the Christmas party And the terrorists were the worst zealots But it was sweet when they killed Alice And with a little help from Alan John McClane kicked ass We're gonna die, die, die Intentions. It was just a distraction 